What's up, folks? It's Matt Whitmore here, one half of Fitter Food. Uh, this is, of course, Fitter Food Radio, and we are episode number 49. By my side is Keris, as always. Hello. Hello. <laughs> there she is. But, guys, really excited this week. We've got an absolutely phenomenal guest on the show. Uh, I've been following his work for some time now, so it was absolutely over the moon when he did agree to come on the show. Uh, he goes by the name of Mike Samuels. Some of you may know who he is. He's got quite a big presence on Facebook, and he seems to be the go-to guy at the moment for every, anything to do with what they call flexible dieting or if it fits, if it fits your macros, as many would call it. So, Mike, what's up? Thank you for coming on, buddy. That's all right. Thanks for having me, guys. Please be on. So, Mike, um, as I mentioned there, flexible dieting, if it fits your macros, tends to be it's hot topic right now. Yeah, you know, definitely. I'm seeing hashtags everywhere with, you know, flexible dieting or the the letters of, what is it? I. Yeah. I. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. Um, and that being said, that's kind of your thing, should we say. So let's hand over to you, Mike. What's what's your journey with the whole story and kind of how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, sure. I think I started off, I've been or started as a personal trainer about six years ago. And I suppose my initial foray into the world of training and nutrition was through my personal training course and through things like Flex Magazine. And I did all the typical muscle and fitness style stuff and I was really into my men's health and things and all of these just pointed at this idea of clean eating that there were good foods and bad foods and that that was what you had to concentrate on you know you shouldn't eat junk food or if you did it should only be in a in a cheap meal or whatever um did that for a bit I started off being slightly overweight and kind of got to a stage where I was less overweight kind of in shape and doing sort of general clean eating guidelines and then I gradually got more and more into it and started looking at stuff like paleo for instance which was my thing for a while and obviously as I'm sure you and listeners know paleo is fairly restrictive in so much as you can't eat grains you're not supposed to eat dairy all stuff like that but what you can do is eat lots and lots of foods that supposedly a caveman would have had access to so there was me, and I thought, oh, this must be the secret to getting absolutely shredded and having the body I've always wanted. So started doing that, pretty much took paleo, literally, which was, you know, eat these foods, and that's kind of it. And what I tend to do, though, is I've got quite a big appetite, and so I just eat lots and lots and lots of paleo food. So I'd yeah. snack on, you know, huge bowls of Brazil nuts. I'd have three salmon fillets at dinner, and I'd cook everything in coconut oil. And I got pretty fat doing that, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of had the opposite effect of what I wanted to. I kind of discovered flexible dieting here and there through forums and whatnot. And then my big sort of break with it was contacting Lane Norton. And I hired him as a coach about three and a half years ago. Yeah. And we sort of talked through a few bits. And I was just about why I wasn't losing weight, losing fat, and getting lean. And yeah, I'll set you up with a plan, and you have to be prepared to track your macros and stuff. And I thought, I don't really know what that is, but I'll give it a go. This guy seems to know what he's doing. And there was me expecting to get a plan through, and I got a document through that was basically, here are your numbers to hit every day. Here are a big list of food you can eat. But if you want to eat anything else, you can. I almost asked for a refund to say, to him, okay, what, what the hell is this? This number's crap, can't ever work. Why aren't you telling me to eat you know, grass-fed this and organic that and everything? Um, we gave it a go, and three and a half years down the line, here we are. I've sort of embraced flexible dieting, and I suppose my philosophy with it now is that I try not to bash stuff like paleo too much because I think you do it and you enjoy it and it gets results for you. I've got absolutely no issues whatsoever with people doing it i just think there are better more enjoyable ways for most people really so what would a um talk us through what a normal day of eating would be for you um i tend to because i'm up quite early i tend to get cracking with work i don't have anything to eat for a couple of hours and then i'll actually usually just have a protein smoothie so i'll whack some protein powder a load of spinach some berries um maybe some other fruits some veggies in the blender and drink that so Actually, barring the fact I'm using electricity for my blender, that's quite a sort of paleo-friendly meal, actually. So <laughs> I still kind of stick to the principles in the morning. Um, and then typically lunch is actually either a massive salad with a load of meat or I have some kind of omelette, follow it up with some cereals or some sort of carb. If I'm out, it might be a bag of popcorn or perhaps a protein bar or something. 
Uh, I'll snack in the afternoon, and that'll be fairly highish in protein. So again, might be a protein bar, a shake, might be some Greek yogurt. Uh, evening meal will always be meat or fish with a load of veggies and possibly some starchy carbs, depending on my macros. In the evening, I tend to just eat whatever I've got to hit macros. So that's kind of my, not always, but sometimes it's a junk meal, sometimes it's a bowl of oats and a shake. So I think the big thing I found is actually, I probably 90% termin is clean, and it's just that small 10% that actually allows you to have that flexibility and freedom. But on an average day, I'll easily get through 8 to 10 servings of veggies. My fibre's up at about 35, 40 grams, so... Yes, kind of a big misconception that we spend all our time flexible dieting, eating ice cream and yeah, crisps and stuff like that. Because actually, for most people, it's quite a small part of the diet. It's just that that's the bit that goes up on Facebook. That's the that picture that goes up. It's good in one way because it's showing we can eat these foods yeah. and lose weight. But the trouble is a lot of people see something and then translate it into what they want. As in, yeah. oh, see, he's eating that. That must mean that I have to eat lots and lots of that to get lean or, you know, or I should be eating crap to get lean when actually it's um unfortunately it's gone sort of the the pendulum swinging the other way now to the fact where people think it's the the diet where you're supposed to eat junk food or you have to eat pop tarts so yeah yeah yeah, it is really easy to see how flexible dieting can be given a bad name the way some people promote it and go about it so I think we can all be a bit guilty of that but hopefully it's fairly neutral for me that's what kind of like um like drew me to, to to your work a little bit more was because I pro- would would you agree that you know obviously flexible dieting if it fits your macros has been it's been there but it's probably in from my in my opinion probably been like the last twelve months that it seems to have seen a really big surge in popularity and it's become a little bit more mainstream so to speak and yeah hundred percent agree with that and at first I was very all I could see everywhere was all these people advertising it as like how you know like eat ice cream bagels popcorn pop tarts you know you know as eat, eat as much as you want and still lose body fat and get shredded like you say I think people do people believe what they want to believe for sure but then I think there was a lot of guys out there that were kind of maybe trying to manipulate a little bit Whereas it was your page that actually gave a really good understanding of what flexible dieting really is, which is essentially, like you say, being pretty damn good 80-90% of the time and then just filling your macros with the remaining 10-20%, whatever it may be, which for me like just makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. I think, again, it's contextual. People struggle to take things in context. So I know this was a thought of mine when I started out coaching people was, from the way I put it across, I'd have clients say to me, you know, oh, you said I can eat all of this, this and this, and I just, I can't work out how to fit it in. And I'd get them to send me their my fitness pal diaries and it'd be someone, you know, a woman who was only eating 30 grams of carbs a day and she was trying to fit in you know, sandwiches for lunch and again in the afternoon and a bag of crisps and she wanted to have cereal for breakfast and then she's moaning she didn't have any room for ice cream and cookies and stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't eat, that much junky carbs until my carbs were at you know 400 grams a day and I was bulking but <laughs> so it's all um yeah people look at something and they see this idea of eat any food you like and somehow turn it into eat any food you like in unlimited quantities which yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I sort of try and get people out of the mindset of because yeah it's a difference if you if your carbs are really high then you know 500 grams of carbs a day or anything over that if you're seriously putting on some size and you can handle that many calories anyone's going to struggle to get that much through quote unquote clean foods so you're going to have to have a bit of junk but you know in a cutting phase when your calories are quite low actually opting for your cleaner lower calorie more nutrient dense carb sources and calorie sources is just so much smarter you know you're going to feel fuller you're going to feel better for it so it's all about taking things in context in my opinion no, no, I 100% agree, buddy. And I mean, if you wouldn't mind, mate, would you mind kind of uh, just trying to just explaining to people exactly what flexible dieting is in the sense that how would you, so say, say a client's come to you, they want to lose, they want to drop body fat, let's say it's a, a female, for example, what would your approach be with that person to work out what their macros and calories are, etc.? So I suppose what I'd do is explain, if they wanted like an explanation of, of what it was in general, I'd probably say it was a diet that didn't have any restrictions in terms of 
supposed food quality, food type, anything like that. But we monitored kind of quantitative data. So we monitored their calorie intake and their macronutrient intake, um, but explained to them you know, what we've just talked about, the fact it wouldn't be an eat-anything-you-like diet in unlimited amounts. Um, and if someone's not tracked before, provided they're happy to track, I don't actually set them up on a full-on kind of macro-based diet. So I don't say to them, right, you're going to have to hit 200 protein, 198 carbs, 73 fat, or whatever. You're going to do that five days a week and two days a week you're going to do this. All I'll do to begin is give them a minimum amount of protein to hit, which actually, again, if someone's new to dieting, won't be extortionately high. I'd probably go about 0.7 grams per pound, give or take. But for the average person with a typical Western diet, that's probably going to feel like quite a lot. And I'll give them a calorie range. So I generally work out roughly what they need for fat loss, which depends on activity level. But um, just for argument's sake, probably for women, it's between 10 and 13 calories per pound. And for guys, it's about 11 to 14 calories per pound. And I'll give them like a range in that. So if it works out that they need around 1,900 calories, I'd say let's do that protein intake and then let's try to hit um, 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day and just see how they go with that. And then if they go on fine with that, they're making results and they enjoy it. I wouldn't change the format. If they wanted to progress to tracking each individual macro, adding in refeed days, you know, cycle calories different days of the week, again, I'd have no issue doing that. And I think it's, again, one of those misconceptions that people think they'll go to a coach who uses flexible dieting tactics and they'll get given this plan with complicated numbers and formulas and everything. And that's not the case at all. I think, again, even for myself, sometimes I'll just give someone a protein goal to hit. And actually, if someone's coming from a background of no dieting knowledge at all, doing that can be incredibly effective because automatically by eating more protein, they're going to feel fuller, they're going to eat less calories, and actually their food choices are probably going to be a lot better as well. So... I tend to take it in stages with people and I'll, yeah, I think like any coach should work with where the client's at rather than your predetermined idea of what's optimal. What about um, just thinking about what I love about flexible dieting and, and the way that you've talked about it is I love anything that gives people a bit more of a sense of freedom and, yeah. and you know, that don't feel like nutrition is this ball and chain they have to carry around and, and that sort of promotes orthorexia. But you, do you get people coming to you who are sort of already quite lean and fixated on getting leaner and you perhaps think that's a little bit unhealthy like does that happen quite a bit yeah I think so um in my experience probably more so from females as well yeah um but I've had a few females do because of competitions recently and yeah they are constantly being told by people around them you know you need to do this this and this you need to do leaner be leaner um, you know, you need to do this show and this show and this show. And, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of pressure coming from all sides. And a lot of the time they want to constantly diet and want to constantly be lean. And actually, I don't think that's healthy at all. I think, you know, even to get to a certain level and just hold it for a bit for a lot of people is quite unhealthy. And unless you're competing and there's yeah, that's your real goal and desire, I think, like you said, there's just not enough freedom involved with that way of life because if your macros get really low going to make things like eating out very difficult you're going to still feel the same effect you do with any diet you know your body doesn't particularly want to be absolutely shredded it's going to try and fight back so you're going to feel cold you're going to lack energy lack some libido so i would always try to encourage people just to do what's best for them and to really think about whether they actually do want to be that lean because it's not going to be that fun but well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like that classic, you know, people think it's what they want, but yeah. when reality <laughs> sets in of what is actually required in order to achieve that, let alone maintain it, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, the best bit about your life is looking in the mirror and then the rest of it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it, you know, psychologically, it's, well, it can be hell. I mean, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day and we are saying about how when we're dieting down at our leanest, we'll actually spend whole evenings watching like the Food Network and stuff. Or going through, going through and looking at food I thought it was just me that, that did that. Yeah, you, you get your kicks doing that and it's crazy. It's just, you start thinking about food all the time and even though you can have anything you want in theory, again, you, you generally don't and it's just, it can be that almost constant hunger. So flexible diet is like any diet in that respect and it it does make it easier i mean all my people i've got i'll encourage them to go and eat out and stuff but um and have fun with food but yeah if you are on quite low macros it's still not very fun really yeah 
Who do, who do you think it works best for, sort of men versus women, in terms of the bit more of a, a structured and, and quantitative approach? Um, I think men tend to take to it a bit better from the start, but when women get it, it can be amazing. <laughs> like I had someone the other day, she emailed me with her update, and I'll always ask sort of quantitative stuff, you know, weights and measurements and pictures and everything, which is great if they make progress on that. But I'll ask for one thing they feel like they've achieved that week, and she put down that for the first time in three years, she'd gone out and had ice cream with her kids. And oh, to me, wow. that's like amazing. I wouldn't have cared if she'd have gained like 15 pounds that week to do that and actually have that experience back again to me is huge and I find that a lot of female clients in that you know what have I done well section this week will just put down no binges yeah and I think actually that's something that people don't talk about a lot but a lot of people do have a very poor relationship with food and the fact that they do binge eat and actually flexible dieting yeah you still get instances of it I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all um I'm not saying we don't all overdo it, but again, just in my experience, I think the, the more flexible approach leads to a lot lower rate of binge eating and having that, that disordered relationship with food. So to me, um, yeah, especially for women, that could be quite a big one because it almost allows them to get their lives back depending on what, what degree and what severity they've taken it to in the first place. It's interesting. Someone asked me on our uh, one of our online groups and said, "How do you and Matt resist bread when you're at family occasions and and, think, and you know like social dues?" And and um, interestingly, I, I don't eat it because it doesn't necessarily agree with me. But um, what I said to her was, "Maybe you don't actually need to," because um, what she'd done is it's sort of eaten a whole loaf in one sitting. Um, and I said, "Maybe if you knew you were going to have bread a couple of times a week, you wouldn't be so keen to eat a whole loaf." <laughs> Yeah, in one go because you've forced it into this tiny little window of your week. Yeah, <laughs> you would... yeah. and that's what I used to do is that my Sunday cheat meal, I would go out on the Saturday and just stock up on food and, you know, end each day feeling like I was going to explode, you know, feeling sick um, and just feeling horrid, disgusted myself and just eat food because that was the window of opportunity I had. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think once you remove the restriction you kind of don't really want it. I always equate it to the idea of a naughty kid being told they can't have something and all of a sudden it doesn't really matter if they don't even like what you're telling them that they can't have, but they'll make a big fuss and they'll say they want it. And it's the same with food. You know, I know that I used to have huge cravings for food in my clean eating days that actually I've realised now I don't even really like it. It was just because I'd stopped myself from having them back then that I yeah. thought I really wanted them. And now someone goes to me, oh, you know, actually bread's one for me. I don't really like bread. I've not eaten bread for probably two months. Yet when I was doing clean eating and paleo, bread was one thing I craved more than anything. <laughs> it is funny how the body works and the mind, isn't it? You yeah. know, you take something away, it's like, I want it, I want it. But I mean, because what we, I mean, our kind of approach is that because we run online plans similar to yourself, um, and we but we normally work with people in groups because um, we're quite big on like group dynamics and things. Um, but what we've started to do is we we do it in different levels. So we have a level one, a level two, and a level three plan. And the level one plan, there, there's we don't count calories or macros at all. Uh, you know, our main focus is simply just getting people to get their food from more nutrient dense sources. You know, and that's kind of step number one. And then in level two, that's when we start looking at cal- calories and, and, and macros. Because we've kind of found that, I mean, I don't know if you're the same, buddy, but we kind of find if we, if we try and change too much too soon or ask too much of people, they, they get a little bit overwhelmed. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know, I need to, you know, I need to change my foods. I need to count calories, macros, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I know you said you kind of like take things in steps, but... Would you do? Do you have clients where you don't count calories at all because you just feel that their their head may explode if the, <laughs> the, the thought of having to do so? Um, yeah, well, I actually really like that approach. And I think again, it's another misconception is that yeah, anyone who does flexible dieting automatically gives people like a macro based plan. But for online work, I now I want people to track at least calories and protein when they when they sort of come on board with me. But I still do a bit of one-on-one personal training as well. Yeah. And actually, yeah, I don't, I've got a couple of people who do track now, but most of them don't track at all. Um, and we use what I determine calorie consciousness. So pretty much like yourself, just getting them to make better food choices and things like 
Um, in fact, I had a session with someone this morning where you're talking about that and saying about, you know, she was drinking three lattes a day, which, all right, in uh, individually only 150-odd calories and having the conversation about, well, you know, would it be a better option to switch out one of those just for a, you know, coffee with some skim milk, things like that. Um, you know, she's having a quite a calorie-dense cereal bar mid-afternoon. Well, could we maybe swap that to, you know, a piece of fresh fruit or a protein bar or something like that? So, yeah, with one-on-one clients, people I can talk to, I 100%, if they're new to dieting, will start them off purely with healthy habits. Um, so I did the precision nutrition course uh, a couple of years back, and that's one of the things that they're really big on is you know, serving sizes and just having a, a protein and a fruit and a veggie and maybe a grain portion every meal. And I think if that works for someone and they enjoy it and they can stick to it, probably 90% of people, that's enough, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm perfectly on board with you know, just habit-based goals like that. So it's re- uh, recently I was had a similar chat with, a, um, again, an individual client who had was working at, actually in a gym and was, was doing a lot of weighing her food and working on grams and, and calculating her macros very precisely. And, um, like, I could see it got to sort of an unhealthy point for her. And uh, and I said, uh, you know, your first goal for me, your first health goal is is put the scales away and we're going to go on a fist size of this and a palm size of that. And um, and it was two or three emails before she finally went, OK, I get it. <laughs> but it was a yeah. few emails of like, wait a minute, like fat size, you know, like give me some sort of a spoon or a teaspoon or a, what's the difference, you know? And I was like, let's just, you know, you need to step away and simplify and, you know, just, just go back to how would it be served up in a restaurant? You know, they, they, they don't overdo portion sizes necessarily well. <laughs> depends what you're eating but. Well, if, if you live in America <laughs> yeah maybe but. yeah I like that and I'll say to people that one of the things I put in my plans is that if I ever catch someone taking food scales to a restaurant I'm going to drop them as a client and keep all their money because that's not, not, the, way <laughs> anyone, not the way anyone should live at all um I mean, and yeah, I just think that again, eyeballing veg. Even if you're trying to get really lean, eyeballing vegetable servings is fine. And things like eating at a restaurant, you know, just if you're tracking, just pick something that sounds about right, or guesstimate, or give yourself a free meal and just allow enough calories for it. Um, yeah. I know that for me, I did a photo shoot recently, got not absolutely shredded to the bone, but got pretty lean for me, and had I don't think there's one day where I hit every macro perfectly. I ate out twice a week. Um, one of our friends over in Australia who's in incredible shape, he's, I kind of hate him for it, but a guy called Nick Cheadle, he had a post up a while back that I think 14 weeks and counting he'd not hit his macros perfectly and he, there were foods every single day that he didn't weigh and most guys would cut off a limb to have sort of his level of body fat and muscle mass and so I often try and promote that side of things as well that there's a certain strictness you need and yep to get to a certain goal you do need to weigh most stuff but for a lot of people you can just well it's like we're losing the flexibility aspect of flexible dieting i I suppose is the way to put it so why do you think then that the paleo side didn't work for you was it just literally the carbohydrate intake or the is that what the main difference between what you did then and now is I think uh, probably a couple of it's one was the just the serving sizes and just the the idea you know well some nuts are good and so therefore a lot of nuts are going to be better and you know, some oily fish is good so therefore you must eat oily fish all the time and I was probably guilty of taking paleo diet literally as or seeing as it as what I wanted to see it as just as we were talking about people see flexible dieting so I would read certain stuff and think oh yeah I need to eat that I need to eat that and all of a sudden you know you're cooking every meal in coconut oil putting it in your coffee um, so it was simple overconsumption of calories because I do have quite a big appetite, and that's why I like tracking calories because it helps yeah, monitor my intake. And yeah, it was the restrictions well, and the fact that the restriction led to quite a large instance of binge eating, usually once a week, um, which started off with good intentions and then kind of went bad after that, really. So yeah, just for me, it didn't work at all. Some guys, it works for, and if it works for you and you get results, I'd say go for it. I think that is a thing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's almost like a paleo is is almost advertised in in the same way as flexible dieting. In terms of a lot of people are very much like, oh, if you eat paleo, you can just eat as much as you want and yeah. you'll lose body fat. Like you know, it doesn't really matter. But as we you know, we know you know with clients and whatnot that 
you know, for, for us, I think the biggest thing is 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 nuts. People just go damn crazy on the damn things and, <laughs> and probably consume about one and a half thousand calories a day. I used, yeah. to, I used to make these, but when we first went paleo, I used to make these nut loaves, and uh, and then I couldn't understand why I was putting on weight, and it was <laughs> must have been about seven or eight hundred calories at breakfast alone in two slices of what I thought was which, bread, which, <laughs> like which wouldn't even bread. fill you up. No, no, exactly. But yeah, I think I think for for us, we sort of. Um, we recognise that it's really easy to because there's so much you know fats are really good for you fats are great that people can just go a little bit crazy with them can't they and we like I definitely had to cut down fats after a while and go actually I need to get some more sort of leaner proteins in and, and snack on more fruit and instead of because you develop a fear of carbs initially when you go in when you start paleo did you find that yeah definitely I think yeah. I started off I probably got slightly more extreme with it the more I got. And actually, it was that case of extremism in that I would cut carbs and then, because you're cutting carbs, you increase fat. And so, obviously, if you're eating roughly the same quantity, your calorie intake increases as fat's more calorie dense. And so, yeah, 100% agree with that. And I would start off eating some fruit and some uh, starchy vegetables and gradually those vegetables turn to green vegetables and the fruits would only be berries and it would only be berries around workouts and then, yeah, before you know it, you're virtually keto and paleo at the same time. <laughs> but it's funny because, I mean, well, the, the ironic thing is, I mean, um, our book is titled The Paleo Primer, which wasn't our choice at all, and we were actually quite against it. The original name of our book was Fitter Food, A Lifelong Recipe for Health and Fat Loss because we've never put ourselves out there as being paleo. You know, we, we've always said we follow a, a, a paleo template, so to speak, and then we just adapt it accordingly to you, our goals. You call it paleo-ish. Paleo-ish. That's really good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think that what, what a lot of people have lost the ability to do is, you know, you keep, you've said this a few times now, you know, if you, you've said if you try paleo, if you try a keto or if you try flexible dieting, intermittent fasting, whatever, and it works for you and you feel good and it gets the results you want, then crack on. You know, who else can tell you otherwise? But it's almost like people have lost that ability to make that decision for themselves because the latest media is saying the paleo diet is the way forward or flexible dieting is the way forward or you must try IF in to get results. And, and people get... I suppose brainwashed, so to speak, by what the media says over over actually listening to their body. Yeah, I think it's a, probably a combination of two things. One, be the idea that there's an absolute, you know, there's a best way to do things, or a or a worst way, or you should always do this, yeah. never do that. And actually, so much time, the answer is it depends. And yeah. you know, finding a middle ground that, like we said, quite a lot that works for you. And the best approach is. Yeah, like we said already, the one you can stick to and the yeah. one that gets you the results you want, makes you feel good. And um, I suppose the other side of things is purely the fact that, yeah, there always has to be something new out and about, doesn't there? So the media's probably got a, a lot to answer for in terms of telling people there's a quick fix and stuff when, as we all know, there pretty much isn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, do, you, do you provide people with um, sort of lists then of, of what they should be eating 80 or 90% of the time? I know, like, obviously you're, you're saying it's flexible, but are you sort of steering them towards healthier carbs or is it, you know, just... Yeah, well, I've, actually, um, I have sort of a template for every client that's... I've got one of the pages, a huge table, and it's split up at the top into columns with... Uh, protein foods, carb foods, fat foods, and you've got a protein plus fat column, uh, a protein plus carb column, a carb plus fat column, and a all three column. And within that are your everything in a typical clean food. So with a protein, you've got your beef, pork, chicken, turkey, white fish, all of that, you know, carbs, are mainly sort of rices, pastas, potatoes, sweet potatoes, fruits, all of that. And so I suppose 90% of what is made to find a clean food, I've got a few bits in the carb column like pretzels and rice cakes and things that people may not do. And then I'll say aim to base your diet at least 80% around these foods. Um, if you've got any other foods you want to eat, you can have them by all means, provided they fit your macros and they still mean you get your fibre intake. Um, if you've got any questions about a specific food, put it in an email to me. And so I'll get people saying, well, you know, what does this food come as? can I eat this? And pretty much my answer is always actually one that Lane Norton gave me was that I think I'm surprised he didn't drop me first of all because I probably email him three times a day going, can I eat this? Can I eat this? Yeah. And he would always respond with, 
does it fit your macros? Have you eaten enough fiber? If so, yes, which is pretty much what I do with people now as well. So, um, yeah, I do steer them towards certain food choices. And so that's why in that initial document that I'll send out to a client, I won't put ice cream in any of the columns because people will think, oh, that'd be nice for breakfast. I might try that. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd rather if someone's going to have 30 grams of carbs at breakfast, I'd rather they went oats or they had a smoothie that maybe some fruit in or you know typical things or a couple of slices of whole grain toast or something um if they particularly want ice cream for breakfast then yeah i suppose they could have it but i'd rather they focus on more nutrient-dense stuff first and foremost is dark chocolate on the list on the good list i think it might be i'll have to check <laughs> but yeah it may well be good stuff so so mike you mentioned um so essentially flexible dieting is finding out what you know the, the calorie intake is for the individual and then working on protein intake and then taking it from there um how would you divvy up the fats and the carbs there initially with people or are you just 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 let them do as they please and see how it goes and then adapt accordingly or i suppose that is where i work in levels like yourselves actually in that if someone really wants to dial it in, uh, not necessarily in terms of results, but just likes tracking everything. Like for me, I like tracking each individual macro. I will set macros. Uh, One thing I do do in a questionnaire with everyone is ask, do you have a preference for either carbier foods or fattier foods? Um, So if they want to do that, I'll then, if they say, yeah, I actually really like carbs, what I do is I tend to work out calories, work out protein, then what you've got left, I'll give them about 0.3 to 0.4 grams of fat per pound and make the rest up from carbs. Yeah. If they say, actually, I prefer fats, they'll probably get 0.4 to 0.5 grams of fat per pound, maybe even up to 0.6 if they're on higher calories. And then the rest will come for carbs, so the same calories but slightly lower. Um, but for quite a few of my clients, more and more so, I'm going with this more of an idea of a, a protein goal and a calorie range so you know, even if people want to eat more protein and still get their calories they can do likewise I know myself sometimes i most of the time I'm more of a, a carb based person but sometimes I just want you know want to put butter with everything I eat in a day um want to raid the peanut butter jar and actually on days like that sometimes I think I'll, I'm not that bothered I'll just hit my calories and eat more fat and again I'd rather someone did that because I think that's one of the uh, pitfalls of flexible dieting. Probably seen it yourselves on social media. Is someone will post up a question at nine o'clock at night saying, you know, "I've got zero protein left, zero carbs, and thirty-five grams of fat. What can I eat?" And it's pretty much, well, you could eat butter or you could have <laughs> a few tablespoons of oil, but that's not really going to be an enjoyable meal. So actually, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather someone said, "You know, I've got three hundred calories left. What can I eat?" So. If someone thinks they'll be in that position, I'd so much rather they just had something that hit their calories rather than worried about specific macros. No, I mean that's a, that's a great shout. I think. Like, I mean, personally, I mean, I don't, I don't track my my macros or calories at all. Just I've tried it, and I just I don't know. I just I suppose uh, you've got a short attention span. Yeah, I just lose interest, and then <laughs> there's no consistency with it. But I, I suppose for me, I don't have a specific goal. I don't have a specific body composition goal. I've kind of always hovered around the 10 to 12% body fat mark. Um, you know, I've got a free pack, <laughs> which I'm, you know, I'm quite happy with. I'd like to make it a four pack at least, <laughs> get it a, ni- a nice even number. But I think for me, I mean, I'm, I, I prefer gauging my performance in the gym and just my, my general energy levels as a bit of an indicator as uh, of where I'm going with, with my nutrition. And that's cause, not because I don't agree with it, the flexible dieting and, and counting and, and tracking, because we, we do do it with our clients. But I think you kind of touched on this. It's important to assess the individual, right? Oh, 100%. I think that's it. If someone's perfectly happy with what they're doing, I've got no agenda to get someone to do flexible dieting. I think I'd much rather someone's happy and had freedom with what they did and enjoyed what they're doing. Um, I'd only kind of step in, so to speak, but only to sort of suggest maybe tracking and monitoring if someone said, oh, well, I'm doing this, but I'm not seeing the results I want. And I'd say, well, have you thought about maybe just, just for a week uh, eating what you do now, but putting it into my fitness pal and seeing what it comes up with? And let's see if we can make some changes. But again, flexible dieting, I think it works, certainly from a, like a 
results-based point of view, but it's not for everyone, and that's absolutely fine. You know, if you don't like doing maths, if you just can't be asked to track, it's not the easiest thing to get your head around to start with. So, yeah, I've got no issue if people have different ways of doing things, and, yeah, provided everyone's happy. So certainly a bit like a life coach, but it does kind of come down to sort of happiness and, and freedom and just being satisfied with what you're doing, I think. And how long would you wait before changing um, sort of an initial macronutrient plan for someone? Is it sort of four weeks, six weeks, or...? Um, depends on progress, really, and how they're doing. I mean, all my clients update me either once or twice a week, depending on what level of coaching we're doing. Um, it's rare that I'll make any changes in the first week or first couple of weeks. If anything, it'll usually be to simplify it. So if someone's requested to have all three macros set for them, I've done it, and then they said, actually, it's a bit too tough for me to do, we'll regress it slightly. And then I only really base macros based on either how they're finding the diet or what progress is like so clearly if someone's not progressing and you're um, pretty sure that they're tracking well and they're being accurate and monitoring stuff macros need to come down or cardio goes up and likewise someone's trying to put on muscle and they're not getting stronger not getting bigger that needs to go up but i'll always work with how people feel as well and so if people are feeling awful will put their calories up hopefully that's not the case but it's kind of a, an individual basis i think some clients i've had have done incredibly well i've got a girl who's been working with me since about november time and she didn't have a lot of weight to lose but pretty much every single week she's dropped like quarter to a half a pound um and it was only for the first time ever the other day that we dropped her macros down and we just dropped about 50 calories a day from her macros but she's been going for four months losing weight consistently and steadily whereas other people you know you set them up the basic calculation and yeah you have to change stuff every week and it's just one of those things where some people just have quite adaptive metabolisms which i don't know if there's a science for that but yeah it just kind of sucks to be them when it's cut when they're cutting really so. <laughs> do, do some people really overcomplicate it for you as well i can imagine like they go and read around your advice on the internet and come back with like a uh, you said some people come back with a raft of questions, but sort of even like questioning what you're asking them to do. Yeah, I do. And I think I've got a really good relationship with all my clients that I'm always encouraged questions, even if I think, why the hell did you ask me that? I'd, always, <laughs> I'd much, much rather someone ask me something than they're in the dark about it or whatever. Um, but yeah, typically, I mean, guys, they'll tend to look at like bodybuilding.com and, and stuff and as good as a lot of the content they put out is, there's some stuff on there that's just garbage as well. And they'll mm. say, what about this supplement? What about this protocol? Should I be fasting? Stuff like that. And then women, it's usually like work colleagues and things. Um, again, going back to one of my competitors, she was being told things every day. Like I almost had to laugh. It's one of those things you think is a myth, but apparently it's not with them. Um, like competitors being told, oh, you have to switch your chicken to tilapia a week out. And I think she was told to switch her green beans to asparagus was the one. And her peanut butter over to almonds. Um, she's been told by people in her gym. And it's stuff like that. And she's asked me, you know, do I really need to do this? And I was going, well, no. I yeah. don't even know what, what their reasoning or logic is for it. And it's, um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that I sometimes almost feel like, my response is not enough because I'll just say, no, you don't need to do that. It's it's ridiculous. I can't come up with a reason why why you, you're being told to do it. So, yeah, I just like I like to keep things simple most of the time. Well, we well, it's often the best approach, right? Yes, definitely. I think just idiot-proof a diet as much as you yeah. can. Even, even for myself, I, it needs to be idiot-proof. So. Well, I just think, like, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you agree, mate, but in the industry now, it's like people want to go out of their way to make things as complicated as possible and i don't know if it's to just make themselves sound smarter or more educated or what but for me i'm just like why are you doing this if your if your goal is to help people why aren't you making this really easy to understand and implement oh definitely yeah well, i had a, had a conversation probably a couple of hours ago with someone where she's a trainer as well and we're having a chat and both of us said, actually, the longer we've been in the industry, the easier we've made things, not only for our clients, but for ourselves too. <laughs> so I take fewer supplements than ever now. Um, my diet's pretty easier to follow, and yeah, I do it without even thinking now. And I think if you can get to a stage where it becomes something that 
you just don't have to stress over that's like the ideal and if you're always thinking oh I've got to have my next meal in a bit um, I've got to take this supplement oh today is my you know, medium carb day tomorrow's my high then I've got a low then I've got a you know, high fat day then a fasting day the odd person's going to be able to follow that but anyone with a life is just going to really struggle and yeah. if you're struggling you're not going to stick to anything long term it's funny we, we said the same thing that I mean we we started out got about I think it's about seven or eight years now and we it's like you do a full circle and um before you know all of this stuff you sort of go a lot on gut instincts of, of what made you feel good what sort of training got you results and what you you know you tended to train at what you were good at which is what's designed for you and we've gone off and we've done all the DNA tests and we've tried you know diets and fasting and you know every type of training we could possibly get our hands on and 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 do and then it's like you do a full circle and I'm suddenly back to pretty much what I was doing about 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> just yeah. slightly slightly more knowledgeable that's it really but it's great uh, to be able to offer that experience to people but yeah. yeah yeah that's it and people in the industry often want to make it look like they've come up with the latest big thing or introduce some sort of new protocol or strategy that yeah it's probably going to sell and but I like to think that you can promote your business and sell stuff without having to do that really just by delivering results rather than trying to claim that you're the next big thing well i mean it's like uh, when we um when we released our uh, our book which was in uh, 2013 now uh, which was originally self-published like our main goal was to kind of prove to people that actually eating tasty food that's good for you and easy to prepare you know is you know it's it's possible, you know, like because people make the association with eating, you know, clean, as they say, um, with being boring, bland, time consuming, expensive, all these negative things. And we actually when we first put the book together, we were first of all, our first thought was, have we made this too simple? <laughs> have we, have we, is this so simple that people didn't know what is this? You know, but it was quite the opposite, wasn't it? The feedback was that, God, this is amazing. Like, it's so simple that it's just so easy to do. Um, we couldn't believe that actually we were worried that we had oversimplified it. And I actually think when it comes to training and nutrition, there is no such thing as oversimplifying. No, but- I actually think the more you can do like bullets, quick takeaways, you know, diagrams, pictures, the the more successful you are in, in that sense. People just oh, want the information yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like yourselves, I've done all the courses. I've been on weekend seminars where you leave feeling like you've just been to like a a lecture on molecular biology or something and you get back home and you think I don't remember anything and I'm supposed to be the one who's the, you know, the educated knowledgeable fitness professional and I didn't understand that how on earth is someone who you know, works 50 hours a week got three kids and they want to be leaner but it's not their top priority going to be able to implement any of that <laughs> yeah it, no, it's, it's true though isn't it and I think as well like um for us, I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever we come away from a course, especially like the slightly more advanced courses, we probably only use about 2% of that course with our actual clients. The rest is just for our own benefit, just to kind of try on <laughs> try ourselves. It, yeah. yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And yeah, like you said, I think for me now, going to courses and events stuff is more about the networking side of things yeah. than actually learning anything. Um, I've come away from stuff where theory they've taught you lots and lots and lots and been distinctly disappointed with it and others where i've gone along and thought i actually knew everything they said but it's just been nice to have things reinforced and to know that you know i'm on the right track and yeah have a bit of a chat with guys who are on a similar wavelength no no i agree with you buddy i mean we we we, like we're at a point now where we pretty much bump into at least one person that we know from previous courses and you end up having a good old catch-up and stuff so that's always good but um you mentioned uh, Lane Norton earlier, working with Lane Norton, and I've been following him for a while as well. You know, he's an awesome dude. Um, and I was listening to what he had to say about reverse dieting. What's your take on reverse dieting with people? Um, I think I mean, Lane himself has admitted that it's probably got a bit almost out of hand, really, people yeah. taking it a certain way of, you know, you have to increase calories really, really, really slowly or you're going to balloon up and gain a load of fat. Um, and I will, again, with a reverse, work with however a client wants to do it. Yeah. So typically I do, similar to Lane, really add kind of 10 to 20% of calories back in from carbs and fat and then bump them up 
just a small amount week on week. But if someone says to me, I want to gain weight a bit quicker, I don't mind a bit of fat gain, then they would do it a bit faster. I think you can probably take people to maintenance probably quicker than a lot of people think, um, or a theoretical maintenance anyway. But obviously, a maintenance level is always changing. It's not not ever set in stone. Um, But it's one of those, I just think, personal preference is is a way to how an individual responds. Like some people, you can automatically almost double their carbs and actually they carry on getting leaner just because they've got a metabolism that loves it. Do do you not find that's more the case with women over men in that sense? It can be so. Um, I've not noticed a particular trend either way, to be honest. Um, I think one of the big things for me is how people deal with it psychologically because a lot of, again, probably more so females, but they're petrified of getting fat if they've yeah. been sort of contest lean. Yeah. And so actually someone like that, I'd probably be a bit more wary about how quickly we bumped up their calories just because they're a bit more liable to say, you know, I think I'm getting fat and, yeah, yeah discuss I need to cut again. And it's just, it's not healthy. So even if we took someone up, just adding kind of 30 to 50 calories one week, 30 to 50 calories the next, um, just working with what people respond best to and how they're how they're finding it yeah i mean i think like um kind of me saying like more more so with women was was because i think women obviously have that that, like you said that kind of greater that greater attachment to you know the the thought of putting on weight would probably affect a woman a darn sight more than it would a guy and in our experience with uh, some of our recent plans in fact we were working with a, a handful of women that had actually got you know, pretty damn lean. And, and we're not talking about, you know, we don't work with anybody that does, uh, that competes or anything like that. These are just kind of everyday women that just train and want to be healthy and, and lose body fat, etc. And it kind of got to the point where they almost got as, as lean as I say they could be without going to more extreme, you know, more extreme measures, which we didn't want to do. Um, and we actually bumped their, their carbs up, bumped up their overall calories. And you can imagine the barriers that they would put up to doing this. You know, they were so petrified of increasing calories and carbohydrates because they just, they figured that they were just going to put the weight back on. But like you mentioned, it had the complete opposite effect. They carried on losing a bit more weight, but their energy went through the roof. They got stronger in the gym. And of course, you know, you, you can imagine they were absolutely over the moon. But I think they take that initial bit of convincing, right? Like, would you say that women more so than men kind of like, like put up more barriers when you suggest put, bumping calories up? Yeah, definitely. And that's also why I tend to do it gradually because they can be a bit resistant to it. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to put them up too slowly, I've found, just purely from the fact that you say to someone, oh, we're going to get you eating more calories. And if you just say that, initially they think that means they're going to be able to go out and have a massive like binge or cheat meal. Yeah. So if you don't put them up enough, it's not quite enough to let them satisfy some cravings. And so they still go out and have that massive binge or cheat meal. So there's always a trade-off. Um, like you say, the ideal is obviously that because of that impact on metabolism, the fact they've got some extra calories, some extra energy, they're going to work harder. They're probably going to burn more calories through neat and just moving round. Um, so yeah, that's the ideal is that they do carry on losing a bit more fat through a reverse. And I think the first few weeks at least if you do it sensibly then that can definitely happen but obviously it's dependent on the individual again no awesome mate awesome one last question before we go mike if you don't mind yeah go for um it. so you, i think you mentioned it earlier but just to kind of clarify what do you use to kind of track macros calories etc um i'm at, or i get all my clients to use my fitness pal just because yep. it's really easy to use and for me to keep tabs on them and uh, sounds like I'm checking them stringent every day but if I need to go in and check something I can do um, I myself actually use the Livestrong website to do it um, okay. which is pretty old school just because that was I think what Lane told me to set up one initially and I've kept using that so I've got my fitness pal account and all my clients use that and I tell people to use that because it's easiest but yeah I'm a an old school Livestrong guy so <laughs> And um, if people want to find out a little bit more information about you, buddy, and what you do, and because uh, I know you've got a like an introductory guide to uh, flexible dieting, etc., where can people get a bit more info about that and maybe uh, purchase some of your awesome ebooks? 
Yeah, sure. Thanks for the uh, for the intro and the plug. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they go to my website, is healthylivingheavylifting.com. You sure it's not the other way around? I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> the easiest way for people to find me is just find me on Facebook and then just, yeah, find the link stuff because it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, add me on Facebook if you want to. It's just Mike Samuels. Uh, the Facebook page is Healthy Living Heavy Lifting and the site is healthylivingheavylifting.com. And yeah, for my ebook, there's, there's a few ways you can get it through there. There's a tab that just says Home Study Course. And there's also just a banner at the top that says how to eat your favorite foods every single day and lose fat faster than ever. Um, just to clarify, that's how to eat your favorite foods every single day, but not in unlimited quantities. I <laughs> uh, think just click on that. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it, to be honest, I think. And that kind of gives people an idea, doesn't it, of, you know, like the calculations they need to make in order to kind of find their, you know, their, their BMR. And One thing we're not mentioned is, is, yeah, it is based on, I think, you do it on BMR training and goals, don't you? You take those yeah, three things into account. Much. Yeah, pretty much. I'll always say the formula in there is not a secret at all. But what it yeah. does, there's kind of three separate parts of the ebook. Um, it's only, what is it, $19? It's about £12. So it's you know, relatively low cost. But part one, just um, sorry, stop me if this sounds like a sales pitch, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, 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 carry yeah. on. Part one is just working out a basic calorie and macro intake just based off body weight. And I say that, you know, that's just a, a guide to get you going, really. Talk to how to calculate macros and how to track and count. Um, part two is kind of just an FAQ section put together with stuff I've had over the years. And then part three is a bit more about, like, the uh, sort of psychological aspect. So dealing with hunger, cravings, you know, what to do in your plateau, things like that. So, yeah, if people fancy checking it out, then it's just up the site and it's easy to find on there well i, I actually have your uh, the introduction ebook i purchased it a while back because it was when i was trying to get my because like i said i liked your approach to flexible dieting because in a sense we almost i mean I, I probably treat myself a little bit more often than kerry starts but <laughs> so i i essentially do follow a flexible diet just minus the calorie and macro counting you know we i'm, I'm very much an 80 20 maybe 90 10 split but generally you know in, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of the meals that i have you know so 10 percent of my meals across the week will probably be a little bit of a treat be it a bit of chocolate a little bit of ice cream or a bit of wine whatever it may be so but i liked your approach so i bought the book just to kind of get an idea and it is an awesome book guys i can highly recommend it and it's uh, certainly worth the 12 quid and more so i oh, think mate appreciate that um but mike thank you so much for coming on the show buddy um, yeah thank you it's been awesome no doubt we're, we'll probably ask you to come on again at some point um because i know you've got a few other things going on as well at the minute like with your uh the dup training and, and things like that and maybe we can talk about that kind of thing on a, on a, on a whole other podcast yeah that'd be fantastic right, thanks for having me and more than happy to come on in future if we need it like it good man so guys thanks for listening check out mike samuels on facebook and his website and uh have an awesome day and we will see you in episode 5 bye see you later you can say bye now mike see ya <laughs> <laughs>